0: What's up, guys? Elliot Horde here, and you're listening to the Standard Republic Podcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the State of the Republic Podcast. My name is Luis, and today I am joined by my co-host and co-founder of this podcast, Michael. How are you doing today on this Friday night, Mike?
2: Good. It's the weekend. I'm excited. Uh, busy, busy work week, and now we're going to have a, an interview with a, a pretty... Pretty respectable Sac Republic player, as well as another fellow uh, Fresno player, uh, like the the past interview. So I'm excited; it's gonna be good.
1: Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, too. Same here too. And and for all who listened to the previous um, podcast episode and, and saw already my social media or social media page, you may have noticed that uh, the game orange jersey that came in my uh, mystery box was actually Elliot Hordes and. Uh, we had actually uh, spoken, I think, a couple of days before I actually opened my box too. So I thought that was a interesting uh, coincidence there too. But you know, it's 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 awesome to have his uh, his jersey that he wore, and uh, I believe it was that first match that probably wore the city kit. So it's it's cool. It's cool to have a piece of of that um, match because that this jersey I think is is uh, one of my favorites. I probably say it's either my second or. Third favorite from all the Republic jerseys, just because it's uh, it's got you know a good like a navy blue and white tone. So I mean, I, I almost I like to call it my Cruz Azul Republic jersey, just because it's the closest to a blue jersey that we have. So,
2: yeah, it's, yeah. it's a gorgeous jersey. It's really nice looking. And then uh, it's just funny how that works out that uh, you happen to get his kit
1: and then you can have him on the uh the, the interview. That's yeah. great. It's like it was. It was meant to be. <laughs> meant to be. So if uh, you're not following us on social media, then please, you know, g- give us a, a follow. You can find us on Facebook by searching State of the Republic Podcast. You can also find us at Facebook on Facebook groups, where you can actually join our group called Sacramento Soccer Fans. So um, submit a request to join. You know, we'll, we'll approve you, so you can talk to. Just the fans in general of the sport, Uh, as I always like to say, it's not just Sacramento fans, but if you are from the East Coast and you listen to us, then we'll still accept you because we, it's all about a a soccer fan group. It's not about just people who are from the area because we talk about uh, all things soccer related. Also, if you are on Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at State Republic 12. So please uh, feel free to, to give us a follow there check out anytime we post a new episode and we from time to time also retweet anything going on with the republic and as well as uh, any other central body soccer thing uh too so you can also find that out as well and then sometimes we'll interact with uh players and just people in the community as well so you'll find us uh going to be active when we can uh, michael and me uh tag team that account and and we tend uh, to be pretty uh communicative when when anyone mentions us as well so please if you have anything to say about the show if uh you have maybe suggestions that you'd like to see on the show then please feel free to at mention us on on twitter instagram and we'll definitely get back to you and uh probably retweet it as well right and uh, all that so please uh give us a comment on there also if uh you have the option to subscribe to this podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, then please subscribe to it. It's really awesome when you do because you actually get not- notified every time we post uh, a new episode as well. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm subscribed to a couple of podcasts as well. And it's it's a really neat feature to, to have. So you're, you're able to find out when a new episode is posted too. So highly recommend you guys check out that feature for um, your podcast platform. Also, if you can leave a review on this platform that you're listening to right now, uh, then please, you know, g- give us a review as well. I know one of the probably popular platforms that has that review feature is Apple Podcast. So please, if you like what we are producing, then please uh, give us a review. Give us your honest stars. Of course, we we would hope we'd be able to get a five-star review, but if it's not a five-star review, then a, we'll understand. Just please uh, leave a comment there as to what you don't like or maybe what you want us to do more on the podcast. If there's any person you want us to interview, then please let us know as well. So please uh, do that as well so you can help us out. It really does uh, help out a lot having those reviews there. So, Michael, uh, as, as we mentioned earlier too and in, in the previous uh, podcast episode, today we're going to be interviewing Someone else from Fresno. It's it's kind of funny how these uh, two interviews kind of uh, just got arranged and it, it wasn't planned for, you know, it just kind of happened. And we're getting two former Republic players that happen to also be from Fresno. So it'll definitely be uh, interesting and in hearing how how their paths were, right? Because both our past interviewee, uh, Podcast Magic, and today Elia actually played in Europe briefly and it's kind of cool right to to make the jump from the central valley to to europe it's it's something else
2: yeah that's that's a that's a heck of a leap man i'm kind of jealous i wish i could do something like that that's uh to go to go to europe and play any any division of the of the sport we all love is impressive um I'm, i'm really interested to hear what he has to say about it
1: yeah same here so joining us today is a fresno native He's a former Republic player who played with us from 2016 to 2019. He's currently social media manager for Quick Play Sport Limited and also soccer coach for his own academy, Hordes Soccer Academy. He's probably most remembered for scoring our first goal versus LAFC at the Bank in the Open Cup of 2018, which I had the fortune to actually be there and actually be the only uh, person in my site to actually celebrate, and it was amazing. <laughs> um, Elliot Horde. Elliot, how's it going, man? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing good. How about you guys? Doing been, been good. Just uh, getting ready for Christmas, trying to get all stuff decorated, take wow. out the place, and uh, put on some Christmas music, right? getting the- It's so soon. <laughs>
2: I've got <laughs> so much to do.
1: <laughs> and then with the, <clears throat> the wish
0: list that our are building, and... The bank account is uh, is loosening, is going down, man.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> just lots of a trickle.
0: Oh man, um, yeah, no. Thanks, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I know we <clears throat> try to connect in the past. We spoke a little bit here and there, but it's always good coming on with you guys and chatting and catching up and just talking soccer and just stuff in the past and as as well as currently and stuff moving forward as well.
2: So. I'm I'm excited to be here. For sure. We we well we appreciate it. So we'll without further ado, we'll get right into it, Elliot. Um I guess first off, how did how'd you become a fan of the sport of soccer? I I know growing up it wasn't like the most popular thing back in our our day as it is compared to today. Right. Yeah, I mean so soccer really
0: I started getting involved with soccer like kindergarten, you know, I was just kicking the ball in recess and Uh, I remember always just kicking the ball on the roof of our school and trying to let it come down and bring it out of the air and trapping the ball and just doing dumb stuff you know Um, and then we had this guy uh, this after school program I'd go and you know we just kind of more of a chaperone really and he um, he was a big he played semi-pro he might have played lower league professional I can't remember but he, um, he was, you know, my first person I really was like influenced by in terms of actual soccer. And he knew I loved soccer. So him and I would just after school, we would just train and practice and it'd be him and I versus, uh, versus all the other kids and little small sided games. And so I, that's where it kind of started. Uh, and eventually, you know, I started to realize, hey, I'm kind of good at this. So. You, t- you tend to stick with what you're good at and it just evolved into some passion and, you know, eventually into a career, which is a pretty, you know, looking back on it, um, it's been a great journey and experience. So that's where it really all started for me.
1: Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always good when you're able to do what you love, right. For a living is, is ultimately rather goal for, for anybody. And, you know, we're glad that it it, it worked out for you. So, you know, you come from Fresno, uh, of course, as we mentioned before, the soccer scene you know was probably nothing w- what it was like when you were growing up now. Can you tell us more about like what it's like now like what like how different is it now than it was you know back when when you were first playing
0: right, yeah, so like the biggest difference is just the amount of clubs that are there, you know, the city's growing, the clubs are growing. Clubs have kind of split off and, you know, I'm sure there's so many reasons why in politics and all these things where people decided to leave and move clubs and start clubs. Like, you know, I never have gotten <clears throat> huge into the club scene even now. Like I don't really work closely with any clubs or anything, but, um, the biggest difference I've seen is, you know, you have all these teams and players and, you know, one season, players playing here the next season players playing over there. Um, you know, and when I was growing up, it was really, it was really, div- I, I wouldn't say, I mean, it was kind of divided, uh, not so much like guess socioeconomically, more so on just where your location was. Um, so like for me, it was like, you know, uh, Bullard high soccer. I mean, that's the Bullard area. So anyone in that area you played for Bullard, you know, you played in Clovis, you played for o- California Odyssey. Um, you played, you know, anywhere else more like uh, southeast, southwest is like uh, CVSA or uh, Revolution, you know. So it's really four, maybe five clubs, and you never, you know, it would be so, it would be like it never even crossed my mind to go play for the California Odyssey team, you know. It just, it just, you wouldn't do it, you know. It'd be like, dude, how could you do that, you know? It kind of, you just, it's like the city kind of. Um, the city team, you know, your, your neighborhood team, quote unquote, and that's what it was. Um, And so, yeah, that's where, you know, you see the biggest difference. You know, when I hit, when I was 15, I was part of the first DA cycle, the developmental Academy, which uh, is still going on. Well, actually it folded. Um, It just folded, but the DA was, you know, the first real kind of, organization to put high you know the highest level most highest competitive players together and competing for national championship and the team my team not specifically our younger 16 team they actually went to the finals back to back so kind of crazy just that's just a small snippet of some of the unique talent we've had come through fresno and the soccer culture and community but yeah the biggest you know the biggest difference is just the amount of the the amount of clubs there are today, and how much I've noticed players moving around and different things. And there's pros and cons, I think, to both of them. But that's that's definitely um something I've 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 seen.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so one of your former teammates, uh, Billy and B Jeff, we uh, just had an interview with him. He's also from the Fresno area. Did right. you happen to know each other at all growing up? I know you're relatively close in age, and sometimes top players tend to recognize other top players yeah
0: Yeah, so um yeah Bijev and i we when he moved to fresno he actually came to my youth team right away so he was like one of the he was a you know real quiet kid real lengthy skinny kid i mean you think he's you know he's like that now he's just seen him when he was younger um but he came and you know he just he didn't really talk much he just he kind of talked through his playing and he he really was something we could see something special and you know he he was kind of meshed into the team very quickly and you know really great family and i've i've known him since i've probably been 11 or 12 so we played on the same team growing up and then once the academy came they had to kind of move the you know the players in certain age groups and it was just better for him in his development to be with that group. And I aged out cause I was a year, I was, I'm a 91. I think he's a 93, maybe 92, or 93. I can't remember. But so it just, you know, we, it just didn't happen. So, uh, yeah. And we've just, we've always been friends since I mean with Republic, we were, he's probably he's definitely my, my closest teammate. And even now we're still, you know, we'll always still be close. We don't talk nearly as much, but we're still, you know when you pick up the phone, it's just kind of one of those friendships that you start off from <clears throat> where you left off, so yeah, really, really good guy, and it, it funny how it's kind of all came around We're growing up together and playing on the same team together. It's like what are the what are the odds of that
1: that that's awesome though that, to hear stories like that where you know you're able to to play with players who you played with when you were starting and you you kind of meet. It, like in the in the professional world, I think it's a uh, it's something else. and you know I think we're we're pretty fortunate being in the central valley that those things can happen, right? like there's there's more of a likelihood that you can get that to happen because uh, when you guys first started like playing too, there wasn't maybe all this competition that there is now. You mentioned there's like clubs uh, like popping up everywhere. <laughs> and, and so I, I think it's it's great. We, we could say that we were in a in a good generation, right where <laughs> it, maybe it would have yeah. been tougher to. To play in the same team, so that that was really cool.
0: Right? Yeah, you don't. Um, you never know what could happen if we'd had more teams. Maybe our group would have split, and the camaraderie and the unity and just that that chemistry maybe wouldn't have been there. And that was the other thing. You know, we I played with that group of players for, you know seven years, eight years. That's a long time. You don't, you don't see that too often, you know, and, and, and maybe one or two players here and there came and came and gone, but really, I mean, the team was, was very consistent and we were successful. And when, the, you know, it's one thing, once you're being successful and you have that one thing kind of continues to happen after the other. So when a lot of not just him and I, but other players want to go play professionally or high level high you know big programs collegiately and so yeah it's it was a great great group a kind of great wave of players
1: yeah that's that's awesome so let's move over to to your college years you know we we know you played for uc davis so can you tell us more about how how you ended up there like what was it always your first choice or was it like maybe a second third choice and the first one didn't quite work out
0: yeah i mean i think you know, when I was in high school, you know, never thought about, you know, thinking about going to, not thinking about going to college, but just how important the schooling was and that how I needed to factor that into my decision-making because everything was just about soccer and soccer. And, uh, so my, my main thing, you know, I was really, I don't know why, but I was really keen on going to Cal Poly. And I think a part of it had to do with the beach and the ocean. I love the ocean and just, I mean, who doesn't? And, But I I really, you know, growing up in the Valley, we didn't have anything too close like that. So uh, we went up there quite a bit growing up and I was really honed honed in on that place. But Davis, it was, you know, they really started recruiting me through the high school stuff when, you know, our, our high school team was a really, that's when high school probably was way, way stronger and more competitive than it is now. Uh, we had a really good, you know, and, you know, we lost in the state finals and we, you know, Valley champions, all these things was just really good, really good team. And we got, we got the, a lot of coaches coming and watching. So Davis, I was on their radar through that and also through the Academy later on in the few years. And they, uh, you know, they wanted me to come visit and it was the really the first school that showed strong interest and, you know, kind of presented me with the scholarship and, just really made the the offer clear in their intentions. So I went to go visit and was kind of just taken back by the scenery and the, the campus and the, all the bikes and stuff. So I'd never seen anything like that. And for me, it was like, Hey, you know what? Like they want me. And that feels good when you, when you're wanted by someone like this, especially for soccer, it's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I feel good about this place and the people there and the staff and the, even the the players as well. So it was kind of it was kinda of like, hey, this is my this is my choice. I'm I'm gonna stick with it and commit to them. And so yeah, it kinda of, that's how it kinda of all all panned out there.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Especially when they offer you a scholarship, right? It's like, oh it's kind of hard not to <laughs> say no yeah. to the scholarship too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like oh, no, I'm, I'm gonna wait or hold on. It's like, man, you got they're giving you money to get an education. You know, there's a lot of people in the the world that would would be ecstatic to have something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, it was a really really great experience.
2: Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I think I'd I love the beach life as well. But if somebody's gonna <laughs> give me a scholarship to go play soccer and you get a great education, I mean, Davis yeah. is top notch school. Right uh, now. This one, this one hurts a little as a, a Sac State Hornet <laughs> alma mater. Um, <laughs> 2011, while I was going to school at Sac State, you scored uh, an Aggie goal against Sac State. Um, now, as far as – I know it's not quite like the, the Causeway Classic football rivalry, mm. but uh, is, is, the, is the Davis rivalry with Sac State as big on the Davis end as it is at Sac State? It's It's pretty massive on our side. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, every time we'd play sax day, I mean, it was just, you know, there's something different to it, and you know, they say <laughs> Put as a player, card in there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's it's definitely a different kind of approach and uh, that mentality, the shift and the, the intensity, and uh, but yeah, it's definitely taken taken very seriously and you know it's um there's always that battle and that kind of extra chip chip on the shoulder shoulder kind of game and ready to be ready to go to war i mean they always say you know you're supposed to no matter what the game you prepare the same way it doesn't matter you know i mean more that's more of the professional approach is doesn't matter who you're playing i mean your your tactics might change or whatever but you're supposed to you know still approach every game with the same professional kind of attitude and mindset and um, but yeah, there's nothing that, there's nothing that can really match that rivalry, um, you know, mentality where it's going to be a different level no matter what.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's always great to score a goal in in those matches, of course, too. So it's yeah, I, I can definitely uh, tell that, that that must have been a good moment to <laughs> to score against them, especially when it's your your local rival. That must be yeah something else definitely definitely. So, you know, we, we after you finished your uh, collegiate career, you, you end up back at home uh, in Fresno with uh, Fuego, which I know you were kind of mentioning a, a, on uh, social media that they might be making a comeback from what the <laughs> Fresno B is saying too. Hopefully they, they will. I know they, yeah. they were a pretty good team and they were around for a while. Yeah,
0: they're, um, it sounds like I spoke to a few people, but, uh, you know, I don't think anything's for sure yet. Obviously with COVID and a lot of things are kind of up in the air and contingent on on what's gonna happen. But it sounds like they have plans. They have the, you know, they're they have the intention to put up a kind of a PDL team um in 2021 and then 2022, oh. a USL League One. So I think their approach with that oh. is, you know, they can have a little bit maybe smaller stadium that isn't going to be huge for especially League One. Uh, as well as maybe some finances, you know, the league one is not going to be probably paying as much as the USL, USL would. So they can, you know, it's not going to be too much of overhead. You know, I'm sure they're going to have some players are going to be getting paid out decently, but you know, it's going to be more for the development and potentially selling players. And, And that's what, that's what, you know, I think American soccer is slowly getting to, is you're starting to see a lot of youth, getting pulled to MLS, Mm -hmm. these MLS teams are looking to their youth players more so than than bringing in a lot of foreigners. I mean, there's still a lot of foreigners, but um, you know, maybe they have the intention to develop the players at the league one level or get guys on loan and then develop them and potentially sell them or, you know, whatever they can do. Yeah. I mean, I really, I would love to, I would definitely reconsider playing if they had a team at that Mm -hmm. professional level and Uh, even if my my role wasn't a full-time player maybe player coach something like that I mean I want to get into coaching as well so I don't know but I would love I would just love to see it for the city and the people and just the Fuego or just Fuego is the the organization the people that I know that I'm very confident uh, that will do well and and be there for a long time so
1: yeah hopefully hopefully it does I mean USL League one would still be right. pretty good right for them and it you know it is a it's a good outlet right for players in the Central Valley to get more exposure and with the Republican MLS right. it would be really nice to have more players there from Fresno right coming over to Sacramento That'd too so great. hopefully hopefully that does happen fingers crossed we're out of this COVID um, nightmare out this I hope and I pray so you know, after you you played with the the Fuego, you actually end up in Sweden, right, in the fourth division. How how do you go from you know the city of Fresno to traveling like pretty much halfway across the world to to Sweden? Like, can you tell us more about how that came about and what that experience was like playing over there?
0: Yeah, so when I when I graduated, I went on a couple of different trials. I actually, was um I was it was actually Tulsa Roughnecks' first season, and they oh, okay. Uh, I was like one of their last cuts, you know, they had, they started preseason, they started season in two weeks and I got called in the office, like the weekend before we had our, like a scrimmage after the scrimmage and they're like, Hey, like, you know, we're not going to sign you. And I was just so, I was heartbroken. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and so I came back and waited a little bit training. I got in touch with this agency and mm-hmm. we kind of had a, they brought a couple of guys over to, to mm-hmm. Scandinavia and we were training we trained teams we play games against some teams and we kind of go from around to different clubs kind of showcasing um and you know so that that was where i was kind of getting exposure from in front of different coaches and a team in the um, a team called Ixults, which was uh, a small you know small team outside the city called order bro sweden and it was just crazy. So Orebro is very, very similar to Davis in terms of the, the layout, a lot of biking, um, people walking, uh, walking around kind of in a, a square in a way almost. So it was just, it, it was just kind of ironic how it reminded me so much of, <clears throat> of Davis, but yeah. So I went over there, uh, trained with that team. They had a friendly, like two days later. So they wanted me to come and play and kind of showcase a little bit. and the 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 first it was pouring rain it stone swim it's a little slightly different in some of the most of the fields i played on in sweden were a bit thicker um grass and it was you know it was raining pretty a lot over there so it took me a little bit to adjust to It it's just slightly different uh and just the style and the pace and you know it, it means just the culture obviously and the, the language it was, it's a definitely an adjustment but I did well. I was actually playing central midfield at the time. And then I started moving more toward winger with the team, with that team. But um, yeah, so I I went in, did well with the scrimmage and about two days later, they wanted to sign me and I, I signed with the team and stayed there for about almost five months or so. And yeah, it was kind of a crazy experience uh, just getting on the plane and make, just going and say, Hey, let's make something happen. And it did. And, it really, it was a test for sure in terms of just my, my ability to adapt and, uh, you know, uh, assimilate, I guess, into that culture. And, you know, I tried to learn the language it's extremely difficult language it wasn't happening. Uh, and I did give it a shot though. And I tried to, I think, for myself, but also I think that kind of just shows. I, I did learn some words, but just even doing that is is shows your team and that you're trying to trying to be part of you know trying to take um, the, the actions to be a part of the group and respect the culture and everything. I think that's really important. Um, but yeah, so it it turned out um, it was a really good experience. We were lower bottom bottom team, but uh, got to play in some cool stadiums, travel around a little bit. You know, Got to see Stockholm and yeah, it was just a lot of a lot of good. I mean, all positive, all positive uh, memories from there.
1: I actually have a a question, just because. Uh, so I'm a big fan of IKEAS, of course, and as we know, oh. IKEAS from Sweden. Yeah. Did, did you see a lot of IKEAS as you traveled around? And did you, did you go to one? Or?
2: <laughs> I went
1: I'm to curious. one.
0: Yeah, we to live, I lived kind of close to one, but you you didn't see as many as you'd think the, um, I actually, so where I lived for the first month, I lived out on the owner owned the golf course and he had this like restaurant and above the restaurant was a house. Like it had a house as well. So I stayed in this house for like a month and, uh, they, you know, they just cooked me food. It was just a restaurant to bring up food for me and help. So, but they gave me a, and this is kind of out there. I mean, we're talking, you know, there's not much around us. We're not in the city, we're out in the kind of country and uh, they gave me a, they gave me like a car to get to training and that's where I had to learn stick shift. which is pretty funny, but eventually got the nerve to drive into the city and and that's kind of how I learned stick. But uh, yeah, no, um, really, really funny, really funny uh, kind of story with that. So
1: that's awesome yeah and is it are they different the stores over there than they are like in the sacramento location is it yeah really different
0: <laughs> uh it wasn't like i mean the biggest difference with okay so anywhere in scandinavia like the, the thing that some people don't realize is the summers are light really really light out and the do- the winters are very dark for lots of long periods of time it's a because of the equator when their location so um they construct things differently. So a lot of the stuff, like any, any major malls or like uh, centers, everything is indoor. So, you know, any like their gyms, there's no, um, like they have just massive gyms, but it has everything, basketball, tennis. I mean, everything's indoor because they know in the winter you can't, you can't be outside. I mean, it's freezing cold. It's dark as, you know, it's dark all day. So they construct like all their, all their stores, everything kind of like, um, you know, just, it's just all done that way. So, but I mean, the city I was in is old when I got there, the city kind of was like putting on a celebration for its 500th birthday. And the middle of the city has this castle, like, Oh man, it's so cool. It's in, you know, water running through. I mean, it's, it's pretty sick. And the part actually was, the part that weekend, the first weekend, I was like actually moved into the city. Uh, they were celebrating that whole weekend. Weekend, so we had a game, and then after that it was just like party,
2: <laughs> party in Sweden. That sounds awesome. That's a, uh, I'm afraid to ask how the game went, but uh, <laughs> I think we won uh, that game actually. <laughs> all right, Partied a little less than the other team. That that right. works. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm still stuck on the IKEA questions. Only only the tough hitting questions here in the State the Republic <laughs> podcast. My goodness. <laughs> so, getting back to California, man. Um, so you you do your time in Sweden, heading back to California, and you make your 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 arrival here with the Sacramento Republic. Mm-hmm. Who reached out? How'd you end up in Sacramento?
0: Um. So, Republic. We'd always played. Where Fresno Fuego FC always played at Republican preseason always good game and their Paul Buckle at the time was the coach and our coach and him had really they connected and uh, they wanted to establish more of a connection to push players on from Fresno because he liked some of us so he'd go back and forth a little bit um, he actually ended up leaving like our coach ended up leaving two or three weeks into our season some family familiar issues and um so we 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 finished you know we played finished the season and they were the republic were had eyes on christian cheney who played on fresno uh with and he was scoring a bunch of goals you know i mean i don't blame them he was like 15 or 17 goals or something you know it's like dude if they're not paying attention to that then you know what's what are you looking at so they signed him and they had always i think they'd seen me and um, it's some interest, but they had Clementa and, you know, they had kind of what was going on, but then Enmer got hurt and did his knee. So I'd always kind of followed Republic and wanted to see, you know, who was playing right back. And I was following the games and every game, every game I saw, it was a new right back. You know, it was a change. There's a new player coming in, new change, whatever, you know, or sub at halftime, you know, it's usually not good. Um, so um thankfully i don't think i've been subbed at halftime maybe maybe once but uh and so yeah i just kind of kept tabs on it i was like all right they need a right like they need a right back so i called my old coach who you know i'd left early in the season and i said hey look this is right when our pdl season ended i said hey look call adam smith just tell him, let me come in to train. Just let me train. They don't have to do anything. Just have me come and train. Tell him, look, give this guy a look. Calls Adam Smith. He said, Adam goes, hey, um, you know, I want to talk to you about Elliot Horde. And he's like, really? He's like, that's weird. Just, just got off the phone with Elliot. He was asking me to call you. He said, like, oh, really? Okay, good. Can you be there tomorrow training? And he's like, yeah, I'll tell him right now. So it's like 6 o'clock pack my little bag what i needed drive up to davis thankfully i still had my the old house i lived in I, you know majority of my friends were still there stayed there woke up in davis drove this training got in and i just had that feeling of like dude i'm ready like i'm a i'm a pro like i had that mentality of uh, just like i should belong here and i tell a lot of players i especially go into trials and things like that you have to believe that Uh, even if you may not quite be there, you need to just like, you know, you need to tell yourself I I belong here. I am a professional player because it's easy to get there and maybe freak out or just have that like, Oh man, these guys are so good. Like, yeah, they're good players, but you need to understand that you're just as good and have that kind of belief system. So that was my approach going into it. And I honestly was, I mean, I objectively could say I was probably the best player that day in training, like by far. Um, this just really good. And as soon as training was ended, ended Paul and Graham Smith, the GM at the time, kind of were walking somewhat close to me. And I just heard them like, they purposely said it loudly, like, Oh, should we sign this guy or not? And I kind of looked over and they started laughing and kind of smiling. They're like, Hey, come here. And like, Hey, do you, you know, do you have any plans this summer? And I was like, no, they're like, do you want to play for us? I was like, yeah, let's sign a contract. So uh, I was like, it's a no brainer. And, yeah, it took a little bit. I think it took probably maybe three or four weeks to kind of really get acclimated and up to speed with things. It wasn't too much of a jump, but there definitely was a uh, a learning curve in that first. You know, it was always a learning curve with everything. Even my last season, there's so many things to be learning, uh, in different areas. But yeah, so that's kind of how it all transpired. And it was a really, really unique uh, uncommon uh, situation. But, you know, you, I believe everyone gets their chance at at a certain time, and you just got to be ready for it. So thankfully, I was ready.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's a it's definitely a good way to approach for any soccer player listening right to to go to an academy wherever you might be going right to try out or, mm-hmm. or whatnot and to definitely feel like you already are there right without maybe officially being there I think is a right. is a good confidence booster that anybody can have and like you said you know you had had a really good uh practice that day too and so I think it, it should definitely hopefully serve as a motivation to others listening too
0: yeah, I was afraid that uh, you know I wanted to sign right away just in case I was gonna have a, maybe a bad training or two. I'm like, hey, I'm signed too. It's too late, man.
1: <laughs> you're like before, just thinking, Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, once once your signature's there, I mean, you're right. Once you're there. You're there, you're
0: there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you want to let you go? Then you have to pay, pay right. the the fee right? <laughs> and, right and the contract soon.
0: Right. Right.
1: So we know, as you mentioned, right? You played for Paul Buckle, but you also played for uh, Simon Elliott. Out of the two, who who did you prefer playing for? And like, could you compare and contrast the two. How how different were trainings with both?
0: Um, yeah. So I mean, everyone's going to have their kind of pros and cons, but uh, I think kind uh, of well with Paul, I liked his intensity. His kind of I think it's older English style really got into you at training and. For me, at least, I could handle that. And I, I kind of thrived off that. I need people to kind of like get into me and let me know, like, you know, do this better specifically. Um, just a little bit harsher feedback, I guess. Um, so that was kind of his approach. And with Simon, it, it not maybe the softer tone. I think uh, he a little bit more, uh, a bit calmer in certain moments able to uh you know he kind of wanted to work it through a little bit and you know hey come on next one next one and i think i think that's good too because it shows that he's he's also calm he can be calm and he's he's understanding i guess of the the mis- you know certain mistakes and not going to react maybe emotionally where some players might respond differently um but for me that either one was i was fine with i was okay with but i think that you need to know your players. And I think, you know, sometimes Buckley responded, I think wrongly with players and it was a negative response in the same way with, with Simon. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't please everyone, but uh, I do think being able to work with each player differently and um, handle them is, is very important, especially at the professional level. Um, but, you know, I, I think overall, I, I mean, You know, I can't really – I don't really have someone I'd say i favored I I think there was time – I think there was more times that I think Paul and I saw a little more eye to eye. Uh, I think his system fit my strengths and the things he kind of envisioned. But I think I also have a ton of respect for for Simon and how much he – how methodical he was in trying to – really piece together things and, and get things right and do it, you know, do it the right way consistently and have the good habits and really try to um, break down the team through the tactical side and how we're going to play. And so, you know, they were different, but I think, you know, overall, uh, Paul and I just, his, his plans and his, his vision of the game suited me better and, uh, You know, that's just the kind of way it it goes. But both are good good coaches, and both respect
2: them respect them a lot. Sure, it doesn't doesn't hurt the Buckle gave you your chance too. I mean, that's right, almost- <laughs> I think that might be
0: a little little bit of it too. Definitely. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, I can only go based off of what I saw from the battalion side of things. But it looked like Buckle was uh, definitely an an emotional coach kind of was there and then yeah you could see Elliot definitely had this like tac- tactician type thing going where he was he looked like he was always writing stuff down and thinking about things so I was just like whoa what are you doing over there man like writing novels and stuff like chill out but teach yeah. no and everybody's got their own their own system right right um, so last last I've seen and maybe you can update me you uh, had your e-coaching license I don't know if anything's changed since then uh, do you uh, continue moving up yeah. the ranks Maybe. I, so
0: yeah, I, um, I don't, I have my e, I? e, yes, I did not, I haven't been able to, so I've been trying to get into the D I need to do my D they're not offering anything right now. I spoke to someone a couple weeks ago. Um, and yeah, so I'm just going to be kind of, kind of waiting, but I'm definitely, I definitely want to do them. I know I'm going to do them. It's just a matter of hopefully some things open up back here and, um, I mean, I think I should be able to skip to the C at least, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't make those calls, but you know, I think the D is I, I, you know, I did learn when I went to those courses, I did learn things that I would, you know, didn't know. So it was, they, there's some little things in there that can be helpful. Uh, I always try to make the, learn something from the, where I'm going to be, but, um, yeah, I, I would love to, to get my A and even maybe my pro A and I don't know exactly if you have to be coaching a pro team or be an assistant to a team. I'm I'm not quite sure, but at least the, A, uh, you know, I'm I'm very competitive and I wanna I wanna have the the highest credentials. So that's kind of my
2: my approach and mentality. You can brush up on that Swedish and we'll get you back out there coaching. <laughs> huh? Right, right, yeah. You'll see all the IKEAs. Oh yeah. We'll be
0: I'm taking <laughs> taking them with me. Yeah, but- Louise with me.
1: That, that that would be amazing too. Yeah, it'd be amazing <laughs> to go and <laughs> take that out. I'll, I'll probably I'll probably get out with like all the furniture they have there and I'll go, stop by the if we do not get lunch. a sponsorship, Louise. <laughs> we should. I'm saying we should probably talk to Ikea West Sacramento. I'm, I'm gonna take uh, you to that IKEA in
2: LA, man. It's massive.
1: I gotta check Christmas, that out too. Christmas
2: man. Christmas present.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, I'll take anything from that store, too. Um, including the food too if anyone wants to you know take me out to lunch too there it's they got really good food too I gotta say (laughs) so Elliot we know you know you've been coaching on off for nearly a decade now and now you even have a soccer academy too right as we mentioned earlier what can you tell us about the academy and I'm also curious how how did you come up with the idea to create that academy
0: um yeah so The the stuff I mean I've always done the the personal kind of private small group trainings I started that in college but off and on obviously with soccer and whatever I whenever I could fit in I would but obviously now um, not playing I've I'm trying to transition into coaching and teaching at the collegiate level and I have I finished my master's degree online was in kinesiology. I did that through Fresno Pacific University. It's just a small private uh, Christian school back in Fresno. Uh, I was able to finish that in this May, this past May. So, uh, in order to teach, in, co- in order to teach at the junior college level, you need a master's degree, and that's kind of why I wanted to get it. Um, I, I want, I want to be teaching. I want to be coaching. I want to be. It's kind of the area, the route I want to get into. So. Uh, I'm, I'm applying the jobs and I have a couple actually just got a call today about an interview so I'm really don't want to say too much more but just um, I'm happy I got the interview and uh, and but in terms of my academy and my trainings it's been an amazing um, kind of opportunity for me to work with players here in in Sacramento um, and really obviously kind of carry me over Through this time where I'm trying to make a transition, and it's—I'm not going to—it has been difficult, you know. I mean, not playing and um, making that that change in your life—it's a big change. And I also, you know, I I just even thinking on this topic, I want to try to maybe do some volunteer work or have a role with the team or teams in the USL working with players on transitioning or maybe preparing to help them make that move you know a little bit more smoothly and prepare them and just even talking to them now even the younger players about other things that they should not to take away their attention from the game but to also know that hey look at you know uh, there's other things that you should be should have some some interest in at some point and to consider because you know even even guys at the high, you know, higher MLS level, they all, they all have to do they all have to work. They all have to, they're not retiring off of money, you know, especially if you're playing USL, you're, not, you're definitely not retiring off money. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Academy is, I've really developed a good clientele, a mix of players. I've worked, You know, I get some guys coming in from Republic or just former pro players or, Guys that are on the brink, wanting to train young players, you know, five and six year olds. I've actually worked with this guy. He's about sixty five, and he is—he's not so much soccer. He's a—he plays handball, and he really—he's just trying to keep his fitness high. So I work with him. Just—I'm open to work with anyone. I, I think that's the coolest part is being able to interact with all people and backgrounds and ages. So, but yeah, it's been great. Um, work with a lot of groups and it's just fun because it's, it's really helped me develop the kind of technical um, side of the coaching and and explaining things and creating, creating drills and exercises for the smaller groups, but um, also working with a big college group, actually work with them once or twice a week. There's just about 14 to 20 guys there. So that's been pretty, pretty cool. It's like my own team, I guess, quote unquote, but yeah. So it, it's been a mix. It's been a, it's been a really, really great thing for me and um, I don't plan on doing it, you know, long-term I don't see it as my, my lifelong uh, career, but I definitely want to, even when I'm teaching and coaching, I definitely want to keep doing it, you know, maybe with only select players or something, but uh, I really like that
2: one-on-one side of things and
0: able you know, to see those players grow
2: that's that's really cool. Uh, congrats on the kinesiology master's degree, man. Uh, I'm I'm jealous. That was thank you. That was that was that was something I wanted to look into, and then I realized yeah. I'm really bad at math and science, and um, <laughs> so government. Here I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, now I, I've asked a couple other people on the on the podcast the same question. I'm, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts mm-hmm. are on it. Uh, what the the importance of going to an academy? Would you suggest more so? the academy route, say over the collegiate route, where you have to more so hope to get drafted and latch on to a team somewhere. Um, like you know, the the standard club, academy, or college thing here in the US.
0: Right, 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 right. Um well, I mean, this is if it were me, if it was my son, or if I was going back to it right now, this is I think what I would do. And I'd probably have to talk to a couple more people just to kind of see I don't really see it on a daily basis, but from what I do know, I think I would try to get involved with an MLS academy or some, you know, a MLS type, preferably MLS academy or something that's really linked to it. But um, that's the first thing I would do because you have that kind of direct route. Um, after that, uh, you know, if there was a realistic chance to – if there was a real chance to get onto the MLS team, sign a contract, be a, you know, be a player that's going to be an investment player, things like that, I would, I'd probably, you know, if they're if they're going to offer a contract, the MLS contract or something, then, you know, homegrown, I would take it, but I would force, you know, my son or myself, whatever to do, I uh, would be still taking classes, maybe not full time, but I would still do something online. Um, at least, at least almost full you know, 75, percent full time or whatever, you know, I would, I highly recommend that because you don't know what can, uh, you don't know what can happen. And I think that if you have that going for yourself, you already started, you're just going to continue with it and kind of develop, um, get the credits, get the, get the things that you need to do and you'll be on track. That's if, if they're really offering like an MLS big, you know, a deal that it's, you know, you look at it and say, look, I can't pass this up. Um, if it was a USL contract, I would, I think I, what I would do is I would sign the contract. I wouldn't take any money. I would keep my eligibility. I would keep my amateur status. I would still go to school. I would take classes online because, and then potentially wait to see if something were to happen. And if the first team wanted me after that or maybe when I was about to age out or whatever, then I would, you know, again, I would, if they're offering me a contract, I'd probably sign it and I would just continue with my classes. Um, I would try to get my, you can do anything online. I mean, even more than so now, but you can do anything online, you know, or or I would maybe negotiate within my contract. Hey, help me pay for my college, whatever. So those are some, some things I would do. But if it was just, and then and if you're on track with the school, you know, if you're on track doing your, your, your classes and let's say you're playing USL, you're playing for free, you can be at home with your family, whatever. And, um, if it didn't work out, you have your amateur status, you are on track for classes in school and you're potentially, a, you know, you have this great experience. Now a college coach is going to look at it and be like, dude, like this guy's played, played 12 games in the USL, you know, of course I want this guy. He's already played professional level soccer. And, you know, he's in, and you won't have any issues of transferring or moving to the school because you were on track. But if you don't do that, you're going to, you're going to screw yourself. I I think that's the thing you're going to, you're going to be in a really tough position. So that would be my, my approach today.
1: Yeah, that that's a, a pretty good approach and and I think more players need to hear that too, right? Like you, you should definitely also think about college too and not necessarily play for the team unless of course you're in that situation, but definitely take classes online, definitely get your degree, whatever it might be And If you want to, if potentially, you know, you want to be involved in the sport after you retire, then think of a sports marketing, think of a, a coaching yeah. license, think of more things, right, that are going to, uh, set you up for for that time because i think i've heard of a lot of players that maybe don't follow that or maybe in the past you know they haven't really followed that and mm-hmm. it might have just been because in the past and maybe you know it wasn't recognized as being really important but now i think as, as more players are kind of uh, learning from others uh, you know um past and all too i think it's it's good and i think we're seeing more and more uh, do that so hopefully hopefully anyone who is playing and it's listening uh does uh, consider that because it's it's always good to have a degree
0: yeah for any reason no and and for some people it's not i mean i'm not saying you have to have a degree and that's the route you have to go um it's just from my my experience from what i've seen it's brought uh, myself and others i think uh, i am confident it's a it's a really good way to go uh, but that's not to steer anyone uh, away from other routes and other jobs and trades and schools and what, whatever you want to do. You know, I mean, hey, the sky's the limit. And I think whatever, whatever you're passionate about uh, and what you want to do, you should follow that route. And I knew I wanted to get into coaching and teaching. So I know academically I had to do that. You know, that was mm-hmm. a, it's a prerequisite. There's no way around it. So um, that was also part of the, the kind of the decision making in it as well.
1: That's good yeah and then if you start young i mean you're you're just prepping yourself for that uh, moment yeah. for when you retire you're you're on track to to start coaching or even right even as you're a player too you could do the the player coach thing that so many players do yeah. right i know i know when it right. comes to mind when I think player coach right right. <laughs>
0: right yeah crazy man <laughs> yeah
1: he's yeah he's he's something else too um so, you know, we, we really, truly appreciated, you know, having you here in Sacramento too, not representing not only the team, but also the city. And we told this to BJ as well, but, you know, you were also one of those players who actively was involved in the community and uh, people recognize you around town. I mean, we we talked to you. You're always really friendly with fans. And that's something that I think everyone really appreciates, right? Because you go through other players who might not be maybe as uh, as open like that too. Yeah. and And... Sometimes even not even like MLS players because you would think, oh, it's, it might just be the MLS players. But sometimes it's even players in lower leagues that kind of surprises you. But, um you know, I think it's it's really great when uh, you guys do that and and whatnot. So with that being said, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, is there anything you want to say to the supporters in general and maybe also to the TBB as well, who, you know, is always uh, out there supporting everyone?
0: Yeah, no. um. I just want to say hi to all you guys. And I, I miss playing in Sacramento. Uh, there's, you know, I always think about playing and some of the great memories I had and hearing everyone supporting the team. And I know for sure that not only myself and, but every player that's come through the club, like we do recognize you guys as efforts and support like a hundred percent. That is something that's always talked about. So if you guys ever have that doubt or, the, the, the concern, like, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't believe any of that. It's the players. And I, I don't even know the guys. I mean, I know some of the guys now, I don't know all of them now, but I know it's going to, it's going to always be that way. And it's going to even, I think, grow more with you know MLS and everything. So um, the stuff you guys do is, is beyond, um, is beyond you know, the, the standard across the league and just, you know, it's it's MLS, it's beyond even MLS uh support. So uh we are we're always grateful and I've been so grateful to stay stay in touch with you guys and see people around the city and just talking to people and uh it's been it's been awesome. So we we appreciate you guys.
2: Yeah, thank thanks again, Ellie. Um I don't know if you want to plug the academy or any of the social media you're using. Like- <laughs> It's entirely you know, up to you. If
0: you guys, yeah, if, if anyone's ever interested in training, you're more than willing to, you can contact, uh, you know, Michael, Luis, whoever you guys, you can contact me on any social media. You guys can share my information. I have no problem with that. Um, but no, I really, I don't, I'm Not no, I think, I think it's just been cool to just get on here and talk. And uh, if everyone, anyone needs to get a hold of me, you can, I'm on most socials. You can do that. Um, just write me dm whatever you want more than willing to have a talk and if you need some advice or whatever i'll try to give you the my my best opinion and you know you can take it for what it is but yeah i want to be a resource for for people so i'm here for that
1: that's awesome yeah hopefully you get a lot of messages from uh, a lot of central valley (laughs) soccer players who want to follow your footsteps right because like like we said like it's it's I think really inspiring as a as a player in the Central Valley to to know right that you made it there that you even went overseas too because most players probably just think locally right, right. They, it never crosses their mind that they'd ever even have an opportunity to go overseas and to to hear that from you I think can inspire more and more uh, players here from the Valley to. Maybe not always stay around here, but actually try luck you know, even outside of the country, too. So
0: Yeah, I think there can be a lot. Um, you know, like I said, one of the biggest learning curves was it yeah, actually really the biggest, the most learning I it, I did with, through that experience was off the field. You know, about myself, about who I was and being, dealing with adversity and dealing with uh, just being away from family. I think that's a, a unique experience many people don't get. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Hey, you know, if I can do it, you guys can do it. And even more so now the resources are completely different today than they were. Yes. You know, they were when I was growing up and it's going to be like that every day there's new resources and every year there's going to be more and more. So, um, if you guys, if you're working hard and training and you stay consistent and you know, Hey, USL will be the minimum, honestly. So a lot lot of big things to come up and a lot of americans now you're seeing so many americans getting involved in european soccer our national team all all those guys coming back from you know i think their roster was only players from europe I, i i might be mistaken but that last roster the recent roster was guys are all playing in europe so it just it just shows you that things are changing
2: most definitely well i'm motivated i'm gonna hit a mile and get a couple burpees in.
1: (laughs) There you go, man. Sounds good. (laughs) Well, thank you again for being on Elliot. You know, it was was really awesome talking to you. And like we said, you know, you are definitely an inspiration to all Central Valley soccer players. And we hope to have you back on, uh, you know, once your uh, Academy continues to grow and you have more interesting stories to tell us too, about uh, what's going on there. And hopefully you keep, um, moving up in the coaching ranks and we get to see you coaching at a possibly usl league one with the future fresno fuego team that'd be, yeah, that'd be pretty, pretty cool. cool you know to, yeah you, get to, you know what better right you get to coach your hometown team as well right that would
0: be right
1: something else too but but yeah th- thank you so much uh and uh i can't wait to, to see you sometime we'll figure out you know when, when i can uh, see you so we can uh sign get my to, uh yeah,
0: get that jersey Game worn jersey, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it doesn't smell
1: too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't didn't smell too, but it, it looks like it's in good condition, though. It, it's 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 pretty good. It's in good condition. Very I was actually good. gonna ask you. Actually, I did have one more thing I forgot to. Uh-huh. That jersey, I was actually uh, looking back uh, at the the first game, I believe, when we used it, it. Is that the only game that you used it in, or did you use it uh, at another game as well? Do you recall? I don't know if. Uh... <laughs> I don't, I mean, we, we, we wore that jersey, I think one time that year. I
0: think I really do think I remember, I remember thinking, I remember like toward the end of the season or something, someone brought that up like, Hey, we only wore that jersey one time. Or something. So <laughs> I don't, I think it'd be, I think be, it, we only did that because, um, they messed up something with the shorts or I can't remember. So they didn't want to wear it again. I it was something uh-huh. weird, but. Yeah. they
2: advertised the hell out of that jersey and then yeah at once i was just like wait a minute yeah that beautiful cool. jersey is too i like it's it. it's a really i my
0: favorite's probably the black one um the black and white one that black was probably my one. favorite yeah. but that blue one it's it's sick it's super sleek
1: yeah it's yeah it, it's really cool too and uh yeah it was kind of cool seeing that the USO championship uh patch right because they, they don't know they don't sell that to the fans <laughs>
0: right <laughs> so yeah yeah was, you don't get cool. that it's definitely a different a different kind of jersey cool. so
1: yeah so we'll figure out when we can get that sign yeah. we'll, Sounds we'll good. With, with everyone there too and uh yeah cool well yeah thank you so much for all so right guys uh, thank you guys so yeah good job, we'll man. talk soon all right yeah. guys take Bye. care thank Bye. you you too that, that, that was a really interesting uh conversation there with elliot and uh yeah, like I told him, Michael, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome, right? For someone from the Central Valley to make it out there to Europe, to play for a couple of months out there, get to experience, you know, different country, different culture, get to visit an, I- an Ikea store. As a <laughs> I was really uh, interested in knowing more about, too. But, you know, I think it's it's great. And it's definitely something that leaves you a lot of like learning um, opportunities, too. Right. Because. You're learning not only another culture too but it's a completely different style of uh, gameplay than it is here in the states and so uh, i'm sure he gained a lot of uh, knowledge of the game there in sweden as well that he translated over here to the states and incorporated into his own game here too and i think that always gives you an advantage because we know you know very well right with the you follow european soccer more than i do too but you know that the gameplay over there is much different than here. Like it's so fast paced and you have to have a lot of conditions definitely to, to play in most countries out there. So I, I think you definitely get a, a good workout <laughs> if you play for any team out there.
2: Yeah, I, I think there's nothing but positives. When The more places you can play, the more experiences you can get. I mean, I can only imagine it's got to help your game tenfold. It's That's that's really cool to, co- to go from a town in in the central valley from fresno out to sweden i i can't even imagine just kind of hopping on a plane go to practice a tryout and all of a sudden you're signed that's that's awesome man is in all the (laughs) ikea
1: yeah especially opposite weather too right talk about going from a hundred plus degree weather to I don't even know what twenty degree weather maybe out there. I would
2: die. Sweden gets so cold because it's it stays dark later more often. It's, it's it's Sweden is cold. It is really cold, and Fresno is not cold, not ever cold. It's literally hot. It's like yeah. there's a reason they're called Fuego. Fresno Fuego, like it. The, the name fits. That is that city is so warm. Oh gosh!
1: Oh yeah. Well, once you once you get to Fresno and then you get to Bakersfield, it's like it's it's like the ovens preheating, right? You're at preheat and then you reach the the,
2: the final degree. That's brutal, two. brutal Bakersfield to it. <laughs> just that whole area just gets so hot. It's
1: uh, yeah.
2: I, I I couldn't handle it.
1: You know that that was another question that I should have probably included, and now I'm thinking about it now too. Is that <laughs> how he handled that transition, right? Because I. I I'm sure it must be really tough to go from like being used to like super hot weather to going to the extreme and and to play as well, right? In both conditions too. So, uh, yeah, that, that must have been something else too. But yeah, really interesting uh, interview that that we had here. So, what's next? I know everyone's probably thinking as uh, I think I've gotten used to everyone already. <laughs> getting a brief intro or, or maybe a. Possible uh, uh intro to the next podcast. Well, what can I say for the next one? Uh, I'm going to again leave it up in the air too. So no one knows exactly who it is. And so I leave you all wondering on who it might be. And so, of course, we post that episode. Well, it is going to be yet another former Republic player. And to give you guys a hint, this former Republic player actually had their own segment with the Republic i'll leave it at that i won't say any more details too but for those of you who have been following the republic for a couple of years now you might actually probably have a good idea on on who um this player uh, might be too so i'll leave it at that it, it should be a, a really interesting one i think michael probably already knows who, who i'm talking about
2: <laughs> emmy winning segments <laughs> deserves two emmys
1: yeah in fact uh we'll actually be asking him if he could uh, do a, a repeat of that segment on on the podcast too so you know for, for old memories <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have uh that definitely too so uh yeah so when you guys listen to the next one you guys uh will definitely know know who i'm talking about or i shouldn't say when you listen to it when you look at the title because of course i'm not just gonna say hey play it i'm actually gonna Put the name of of the player on the title too, and uh, yeah, you guys will immediately know what what segment I'm referring to. So, well, uh, before you know, we end it, Michael. Is there anything else you you want to add? That that's it, man. I, I that was a great interview. It was fun.
2: Very humble guy, um, and I, I love that he's got the academy thing going on for him. And I hope to see him coaching someday uh, up in the up in the ranks. He seems super intelligent and knows what he's talking about. It was uh it was a joy to
1: talk to him. Yeah. No, yeah. I I can't wait to see him uh coaching uh, a team and, and and like I said, I think it would be a good uh starting team to coach if potentially that new Fresno team, or I should say not not exactly new, but the return of the Fresno Fuego happens in a US Hall League One, I think uh, it, it would definitely be something else to be able to say you played and you also coached in your hometown and uh it's got to be something special to be able to do both in your hometown. So best of luck to Elliot, you know, hopefully he gets to start coaching a club soon and, you know, we get to see him move up in the, in the coaching ranks as well. So thank you everyone for uh, listening to us tonight. Uh, We will see you on our next episode. Stay safe and uh, have a great night. Have a good night.